Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Amen, church. As I said, we're excited because we're starting a brand new series called The Dealer of the Light. And so it's a three-part series coming primarily from Mark's Gospel, chapter number five. And we're dealing with the three miracles that happen in that chapter that Mark documents. And so we're going to deal with that one by one. And so this week, we're going to start off with the first one. And so, as I said, in Mark 5, we see three miracles of Jesus. They display his supreme authority over the demonic, over sickness, and over death. And in this one chapter, Mark tells us that Jesus is able to to help us through every situation and every circumstance that we encounter. In fact, there's no other name that's as powerful and mighty and life-giving as the name of Jesus. And so in this one short chapter, Jesus is presented with situations that put to the test who he claimed to be. He, of course, shows us who he really is, and he is the one that came to bring us hope and a future. He does some wonderful things in this chapter, and he left those around him amazed and astonished. So we want to examine each of these in turn, but today we're going to deal with the first one, and I've titled this message, Monster in the Dark. Monster in the Dark which actually raises a question, what scares you? I've never been a huge fan of horror movies. They're not something I enjoy at all. In fact, I've not watched a lot of them in my life. But these movies rely on a lot of jump scares to get you freaked out and have you hiding behind the cushion or under a blanket and really trying to be you know, freaked out with all that's happening in the movie. Most of us, in fact, are thrilled that we never have to experience something like that in our lives. I remember as a child thinking that under my bed lived monsters or in the closet there were monsters and being deadly afraid to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night because, of course, the monster would get you. Now, we all get scared of things that go bump in the night. Sometimes adults try to be funny by telling children, behave or the devil is going to get you which to a child was throwing, you know, live fuel on an already active imagination. In the shadows of the night, shapes, innocent shapes take on whole new meanings. They morph into something sinister and any noise is amplified into the impending sound of your doom. The only thing louder than that is the beating of your heart in your chest that it seems to be so loud with such magnification that you are positive that that monster can hear you from miles away. And it's going to jump out at you at the most opportune time or the point where you least expect it. You know, for most of us, we grow out of this as we grow older. But what if the devil was real? And what if we should see something like that right in front of our faces? How would you react? This this frightening reality was exactly the sight and sound of a real experience the disciples have to deal with as they land their boat on the shore of a small town. Jesus 
has traveled across the sea with his disciples, and they've just come through this tremendous experience of this massive storm. You know, Jesus is sleeping on the boat. The disciples freak out because they look at the size of the storm. They wake up Jesus. He speaks to the weather, the wind and the waves, and he says, peace, be still. And so that happened, and the disciples were shocked and in awe of this man named Jesus. And so at the start of Mark chapter 5, he arrives across the lake in the land in the region of the Jerjeans. Now I want you to understand this, that he traveled across the sea for one purpose, to have an encounter with this man we are about to meet. And as soon as this experience is done, Jesus gets back on the boat with his disciples and travels back to the other side that he came from. So the obvious question is, why did Jesus and the disciples endure a storm to get to the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee? What was so important about this encounter that he was willing to brave the storm and scare the disciples half to death to arrive here on the eastern shore for this one purpose. As soon as they disembark, what comes screaming down the hillside, Mark tells us in verse 2 of chapter 5, and this is what he says, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. This man lives in a graveyard. And it's not like the graveyard that we think about in our current world, you know, with, with nice fancy tombstones and manicured lawns and things like that. That's not how this was. The graves in this time were actually cut out into the cliff and the rock faces on the side of this sea, on the outskirts of this town. And this was a common place for the demented of the day to live and even those who were possessed by evil spirits. This man that came down was naked. His entire body was covered in cuts where he had, used, he had used sharp stones to lacerate his flesh. His body was filthy as he'd been, as he'd been living among the dead. The spirit that had possessed him was a morally unclean, dirty spirit. He had chains hanging off his hands and feet. And he runs down bellowing from this hill to meet their landing party. He had inhuman strength to break these strong chains that had, they tried to bind him with, you know. And he has this unearthly scream that terrified those passing by, especially at night. It would have been a frightening scene. The disciples probably recoiled in horror. Perhaps they were thinking, we just barely survived from being capsized and drowned in the midst of this massive storm and we just got to land and here we are going to be ripped apart by this raving lunatic. Let me pause and ask you a question. How do you see people in pain? How do we see people who are going through trauma? Maybe it's a homeless person on the street who's not as well dressed as you are. Maybe it's someone who's been through some emotional and physical abuse. Maybe it's someone who are on drugs and they're out of, this, out of their minds just like this man was at this time. Do you have any internal dialogue that goes through your mind? You think, why is this person on the road where I'm walking? 
I wish they were on the other side of the road. I wish they wouldn't bother me. They smell, you know, they don't look good. And we have all of this internal dialogue. Do you recoil in disgust or in horror, just like those people did, just like the disciples did? Or do you emulate Jesus? See, I believe that Jesus knew that this man was rejected and despised. And he was in desperate need for change. Here was a man who had lost everything. Ask yourself this question again. Why did Jesus cross a sea to meet this one person who was rejected by others? Imagine the emotional pain this man went through. Being despised by everyone around him. The isolation and loneliness. No one wanted to be with him. No one wanted to reach out and help him. All they were concerned about was making sure he stayed far away from people and to try and bind him and put him in chains. I think not only was he rejected and despised, isolated and alone, he was also in fear. Somewhere in all of this mess, he was afraid. Afraid for what his life turned out. This is probably not the future he had envisioned for himself. Maybe somewhere he had a family, a mother, a father, a child, a wife. Somewhere in all of this was a living, breathing human being in tremendous pain. Somewhere along the journey of life, something had happened. Something that I'm sure was not what he had wanted to have happen, but it happened anyway. I think we can all identify with life not turning out the way we wanted it to be. There are times we wish we could have made different decisions. I recall making a decision after graduating high school to go to a university and to do a course in in information technology. I didn't have the funds for this program. It was quite an expensive school, so I had to apply for a loan so I could attend. After a year and a half, I quit. I hated it so much. It was just not for me. And you know why? I'd made a decision based on what other people had said to me. They wanted me to do it. And they advised me and said, this is the field that you need to get into because this is what's in demand. And so I just went along. But then at the end of it, after a year and a half, when I quit, I'd wasted a year and a half of my time and I had thousands of dollars of debt to pay off which ended up taking almost four years of my life because I had to get a job that I didn't want to pay off the loan that I got to go to a course that I didn't want to do. And so one decision led to another decision, to another decision, and another decision. And then you find yourself in a place you never intended to be. I'm sure that this man never intended to end up in a graveyard, possessed by an evil spirit, being rejected and feared by people. So when Jesus traversed a sea to get to this man, it speaks volumes about the care and compassion and the lengths that he is willing to go to to have meaningful encounters with people. What did they see when they got off the boat? What did they really see? Well, what did the disciples see first of all? They saw a demonic possession man that was to be feared and rejected. What did Jesus see? A desperate man in need of love and help. 
What Jesus sees is in complete contrast to what the disciples saw. What everyone saw was a monster in the dark caves of the dead to be locked away and rejected. But Jesus looks at him with compassion for a lost soul. All of them saw the same sight, but they saw different things. I'll repeat that again. All of them saw the same sight, but they saw different things. In much the same way it is with us. Our standing in life, our position in life, often shapes our perception of the things around us. How we view life is filtered through the lens of our perceived values. The friends we have often influence our perception. The people we work with shape our views. Our parents and teachers and even politicians shape our perception of life. And we pick up values based on all of these influences. If our value is placed on things, then we see people as objects and a means to an end. But in contrast, if our value is placed on relationships, then we see individuals who are in need. As Christ followers, I believe our perception of the world we live in must be shaped by Jesus and his values and not on what others around us necessarily view life and people as. Listen to what Jesus tells his followers in John 13 verses 34 and 35. He says this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love each other. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. But here's the thing. He didn't just stop there. He extends that circumference to beyond just caring about us and the people that think like us and believe like us. In fact, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And he goes even further by saying, love your enemies. This goes beyond the natural affection of any human being. We can love the ones who love us. We can care about the ones who care us. But to love those that hate us, that's a hard ask. And it is. It's hard to love people who hate us and despise us and talk about us and treat us in, in bad ways and you know backstab us. And when we try to see those people, we look at them and say, you know what? I don't think I can love you. I don't think that I could show you generous love. We find that really hard. But here is what Jesus is asking us to do. To not look with our eyes, but to look with his eyes and his heart and his compassion. Because you see, we have prejudicial eyes that are based upon our own internal values and not on his values. So when we look through his eyes of love, we see what he sees based on his values. Jesus sees a man who is in need of care and compassion. It's Jesus' compassion for this man that brought him across the sea for this encounter with a demonic-possessed individual. Because he did not see what he looked like on the outside, he saw what he needed, freedom and relationship. What is amazing about this is not just what it means for this demon-possessed man, but what it means for you and for me. If Jesus is willing to cross a sea to help this man, then he's willing to cross oceans to help you and me. 
no matter what our failures, no matter what our weaknesses, no matter what we did or how we were viewed, Jesus comes to our aid. Because he does not look at what others see. He looks at our heart, at our soul, at our desperation. And maybe we looked as messed up as this guy. But here is the fact. It might scare others, but not him. Or maybe we have it all together on the outside, but on the inside, we are messed up worse than this guy is. Well, he will still come to help and aid us whenever we ask. Christ does not look at what we look like or what we have done or our problems or our mistakes. Some of us, people have said all manner of things about us. They've called us names. They've talked about us. They've rejected us and they've despised us. But there is one who sees past the accusations, one who sees beyond the outside, one who looks on the desperate need of an individual. His care for people in need is one of the defining traits of Jesus' ministry. He spent time with those people rejected. He goes out of his way to talk to women society despised. He sits down with meals with the ones the religious leaders would not even speak to. He touches lepers and sick people and lame people and blind people and hated people and rejected people because he cares for the needs of people. This demon-possessed man was living in the middle of a graveyard with dead bodies. No self-respecting rabbi would be found within miles of that place. It was a place no religious person would want to go to. But Jesus does, because dead things come to life in his presence. The sick are healed in his presence. The blind see, the demon-possessed get delivered, the dead are raised. Because you see, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He came not just to raise dead things, but to give us new life. So let me ask you. What is something you have let die? Is it your passion in life? Maybe it's the future that you planned for yourself that you've given up on? Or what plans did you have that you've buried? We all have something we've buried. Our dreams, our visions, our plans. People might have made fun of us when we shared it with them. They might have laughed at our ideas. And so therefore we've taken them and we've hidden them away in the dark places of our lives. We bury them among the dead. Plans that died. And these things haunt us. If only I had a little bit more help. If only I had the right people around me. If only I had a little bit more money. If only I had this or that. Maybe your future feels dead. And you feel like you have no hope. Or maybe something has you feeling rejected today. What has you feeling left out today? What has you thinking you're not good enough or smart enough or not good looking enough or, or liked enough or embraced enough? Whatever it is, let me tell you, Jesus has arrived on your show because he is the resurrection and the life. He can make your dead dreams come back to life. Your dead hopes can have life again. And because he is also the life, 
He can give you a new life. No matter what happened in your past, He desires to give you something brand new. Whatever it is, call on Jesus and He will come and have love and compassion on you. I also want to challenge you with this. Who can you reach out to? Who is lonely and afraid and in need of help in your world? Maybe it's a neighbor or a friend or even someone who doesn't, you don't usually talk to. Are there people in your world like this man who has gone through tremendous rejection? Therefore, let's look through the eyes of Christ to the people around us. There are many in need, many in need of hope. And you are designed by God to be carriers of hope. So don't let any situation stop you from reaching out and connecting with people. A message of encouragement and a message of hope is what's needed right now. And I really believe God has equipped the church to be this hope. And we have to be the administrators of this hope. You are created to make a difference in the world you live in. And it doesn't require a huge amount of energy. All it requires is for you to look through Jesus' eyes at the everyday situations all around you. To look with his values and his compassion and his care. That's who we are. We are Christ followers chosen by God to reach the world. So, coming back to what we're saying. What happened to this man, you might ask? Well, He was fully restored to health and wellness and he's clothed and clean and Jesus sends him back to his family. A life that was hopeless now is filled with hope. And here's what Jesus says to him. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And that's exactly what he asked us to do, to reach out to those around us and tell them that there is a hope and a future and it's found in Jesus. A lot of times we look at all of the negativity that happens around us and sometimes we perceive things in a very negative fashion. But if we use the word of God and look through the eyes of Christ, we can actually see there's many opportunities for us to reach the world and to touch lives around us with hope and joy. And I pray that this message has encouraged you. It's the first part in our series called Dealer of the Light. And I believe that Jesus is that dealer of the light. He brings light and he brings hope to every dark situation. And this man who had gone through years of tremendous pain and loneliness and isolation has a brand new encounter. And Jesus travels across the sea just for this one specific encounter. And so he has that desire for you and for me. And he makes ways to have encounters with you and me. And I pray today that you will have a God-given encounter in your week ahead, in your month ahead, in your year ahead, whatever it may be, that God has an encounter with you. Because all of us, need a little bit more of Jesus in our life. Amen. So I'm glad you're with us this morning. Thank you for joining us. We're just going to pray. I want to encourage you before we pray. If you need prayer, 
please let us know. There's different platforms that we're on. We're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook. And if you're on transformchurch.tv, we actually have prayer partners there live to pray with you on a private chat session. So you can go there and say, request prayer, and someone will come online and pray with you in a private chat session. And wherever you are in the world, we want to let you know that we want to pray with you because we believe in the power of prayer and we believe in the power of Jesus because he's able to help. And so I encourage you, if there's something that you're going through, if there's situations like we saw this morning, we want to be there with you and walk with you through this journey of life and let you know that Jesus is really the hope for every reason and every season. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, we thank you this morning. We honor you and we bless you. Lord, as we, we saw through your word this morning that you travel, you traverse or you travel seas to pass and you come to the place where you want an encounter with individuals. So I pray, Lord God, that you continue to bless those that are watching this morning. Would you encourage them and let them know that there's hope in you, that you will go to, to great lengths to show them that you love them and you care about them. In fact, the greatest display of love is the cross that you gave us to display your unending love and grace through difficult seasons of our life that we can find hope and trust in you. So I pray, Lord God, that you will touch someone's life this morning. You will renew someone's connection and relationship, that you'll continue to let them know that you care for their needs and that you're present in their life for them. So we thank you this morning. We honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.